It's a Daily Talk Show episode 289. And th- this is a interesting um, layout. If you're listening, you can't see it, but if you're watching, there mm. is um, a bunch of – I mean, on one side, because it's Fat Fridays, we've got Krispy Kreme donuts <laughs> and some kombucha on the other side. And we've got uh, Mason Taylor with a bunch of his – Mushrooms. Mm. Is that what they are? Um, we've got oh, three mushies. This is the thing everyone's like, oh, super feast. You know, you do all those mushrooms. I've got my Shazandra berry. I love this mushroom. And I'm like, it's in the name. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's because they don't want to offend you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, I think it's just like the branding of mushrooms is so strong that that's the association. Hey, go with it. But we've got some herb, we've got a bark and a root and some berries and then three mushies we'll get into. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Mason, we mentioned, or Jack Post mentioned you last week when we had him on. So you are his official mushroom dealer. He was talking about having mushroom teas and, and shit like that. Yeah. How did you get to selling mushrooms as a thing? Well, okay, first of all, probably good to get clear. There's like three general categories of mushies as the fungi kingdom starts coming back into our diet in the West. We're very aware of the um, the soil-borne mushrooms, mm-hmm. like portobellos and, you know, those that we had on pizzas yeah. growing up. And that's yeah, not yeah. what we're talking about here. Not talking about trippy psychedelic mushrooms, psilocybin mm-hmm. mushrooms, um, although that's an interesting conversation. Talking about medicinal mushies, and especially okay. the mushies that um, their native tucker is wood and they grow from living trees like the shaga mushroom, or they're going to be growing off Deadwood, which is like more so what you're going to see the reishi doing. Uh. And I basically got into it because I was, um, God, long story short, like I was traveling. I've been doing a lot of years, been cheeky and having the best time ever traveling around the world, being a ski instructor. And I just ignored all these symptoms. Like I had a fungal infection, funnily enough, coming out of my arm. What did yours look like? It was just like really (laughs) inflamed and red. Like I got to add the caveat a lot of the time. People were like, it wasn't like a little enoki mushrooms growing out of my arm, but it basically had an extreme immune deficiency. Mm -hmm. And that led to me being quite exhausted. And I was in my early 20s and I was like man something's got to give I was in Bolivia at the time and I was like I got to stop ignoring this shit and I got back and jumped into the deep end in my final year of uni I just went hardcore down the rabbit hole of studying longevity practices tonic herbalism medicinal mushrooms and it just swept me off my feet and carried me into the sunset so I just kept on going with and, it and now you're here like I mean now I'm here hey um this is I've, I've never met a mason until Mr. 97 and now we've got <laughs> ah. two in the same room there is also I, w- I want to point out this is this is a compliment. When I was Here young, we go. Mum, my mum, <laughs> the shit sandwich. My mum's a yoga teacher. She's been a meditation teacher for forty years, thirty years, and she used to take me to health food shops. And I used to, I, I used to love just sort of, you know, smelling stuff and walking around and like, you know, trying little bits and bobs. When you walked in this morning, you smelt to me like a health food store. Uh, what, is that, what is that smell? Coconut? I smell coconut. No, nah, it's not coconut. It's like a, um, is it something you've put in your hair or is it like a, some sort of. Um, I mean really like good. particularly like the scent, I don't use any like perfumes. I don't really use um, soap. I prefer to skin, um, skin cleanse. Mm-hmm. And so basically. I mean, Josh I'm has a- been doing the skin cleanse, the no soap for a while. Yeah, no, I use, uh, yeah, no, I've gotten <laughs> better at that. But no, I use uh, Mr. Pitts, which is like this all natural. I know Mr. Pitts. Yeah. I think it's good to have something like that for crevices but mm-hmm. in general I don't think we should be bombing our, our skin we should need like we've got a, um, a microbial um, biome within our skin as well that needs to be left intact 
and in the beginning of your skin's really congested, mm. first of all, we need to be looking at the lungs because the lungs govern the skin mm -hmm. health. And so you get, you get your lungs and then your liver really like nice and singing. You're mm. going to see some real superior skin health come through. Mm. But when it's been like, you know, living in cities and you've got all this stuff laying on you, I like to get into the deep skin cleansing. I'm like, I'm to the extent where I like using organic vodka, bicarb Jeez. with MSM and you get in and you oh, scrub. Oh, you don't drink it. You get, but you get a little <laughs> you bit don't drunk. drink it. Dude, can you see the blue tint in my hands? Oh, yeah. He's turning <laughs> into a fucking Smurf. Oh, that's but, nice for you. No, my, my, no. You're gonna have, I, I just decided which I've got something coming. Yeah, from Uber Eats, and I know which one you're going to be getting. Okay, good. <laughs> this is not a fungal infection. Um, my wife bought it because it was on special. It was like a, a hair shampoo that was like with a tint of blue. So it's like meant to keep the color or something. But it's the only one I've been using, and it's just going all through my hands. Uh, it's probably fucking yeah. It's real doing fucked up. Bad. The other mm. thing Tommy does is I've banned him from spraying his deodorant in the office oh, because man. I'm like yes. asthmatic and it's just like, but he'll, he'll spray it outside and come in and yeah. it still gets into my throat. There's asthmatics and there's hypochondriacs. You're a blend of the two between mm. when it comes to spraying there's the deodorant. There's definitely carcinogenic. No, but hang on. You say that it's going to give you asthma. Yeah. This is not the carcinogenic conversation. Oh, look, but which is worse, cancer or asthma? I don't want it either. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> they, lay, they, they do lay in the same place. I yeah. mean, like with asthma, first of all, like I think you're right. Yeah, whether it's carcinogenic or not, I'm definitely in the camp that these yeah. generally are going to be and they're actually yeah. going to have like metals in them and so I don't like that. I've, so what, when, what I smell like, I've got pure heart mists, um, flower essence kind so of spray. You pure heart? Pure, pure heart mists and so they're like... Um, that's they're, a brand? They're, they're friends of mine. Yeah, great. Yeah, which, um, and that's what, and they've also got this... Um, I don't know if you got like in the shamanic circles, you'd be aware of like um, um, Agua de Florida. So it's flower water you mm -hmm. use in ceremony. Yeah. Um, most of that actually has carcinogenic stuff. And so they're mm. kind of developing one that's got this 88 flower um, mother mm. of a tincture. And then they've turned that into their flower water. And I grabbed that, mm. like a, whole, a bunch of that and just whacked that over my head. So I'm kind of like, I think if you're going to be healthy, you need to really ingest and wear flowers yeah, and so <laughs> and when you were, I when I, can I just say, I feel like Josh and I are these gronks from the city, and we've got Absolutely. a teleport from somewhere else. It's from Byron and Mason's here. <laughs> There's just on a on a completely different level. This is what I love. It's like we are worlds apart. And so you live in Byron. Yeah, grew up in Sydney, now live in Byron. Yeah, and so we, this is two gronks and a, and a Byron Bay dude on the yeah. show today. It's Byron. great. I love it. <laughs> I'm a gronk in myself. Don't get me wrong. Let's go there. <laughs> a, a guru gronk. <laughs> <laughs> um, the vagabonding thing you were talking about before we press record that you'd done a bit of travel. What did, what did that actually look like? Um, that looked like on my 19th birthday, going over to um, Europe for mm -hmm. a year, landing in Santorini, realizing I don't really have enough money to be in Europe. So Especially Santorini, dude. Yeah, that was so honeymoon territory yeah, and it's exactly. expensive. So I was just like working on the strip, working the doors of clubs, having the best time ever. Um, yeah. Then just doing little trips over to Turkey, Italy, going and living in a university town in Spain for five weeks because that was super cheap. And then going um, to Austria, not knowing what to do, having never skied before. Um, found this three-week course that taught you how to be an Austrian ski instructor, didn't tell them that I actually never skied before, Amazing. arrived and um, in that time um, passed with flying colours because I didn't actually have any bad habits and then yeah. spending those four months in Austria and then just from there, Southeast Asia, then going over for a year in, um, in South America. That's amazing. What was the biggest learning through all of that? Um, basically, besides fungal infections. Yeah, despite the, <laughs> besides the fact that, you know, maybe there's some kickbacks to having like the best time ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Man, biggest learnings. It was really formative for me. Um, it got me out of my deep set belief systems in terms of the way life needs to look in terms of going to uni, getting a degree, getting a job. And um, basically it just helped me with that. It's not like I completely liberated myself from the system or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I've definitely gone down that fanatic route here and there. But Although it, some nights when you're partying in Santorini, it felt like that. <laughs> oh, I felt liberated and I really like, and I, was, I didn't have Facebook or Instagram back then. I wasn't on email. So I was completely free of the environment that really gave me formation. And so I, in that sense, I was able to really sit there, not actually meditating, but consistently inquiring within myself and diaring um, mm. within my diary as well and learning just who I am, what makes me tick and what possibly intentions I have within that should be coming out and setting themselves as the core values of my life and allowing that to somewhat help me navigate the decisions I'm going to make. God, it took me a lot longer than at 19 doing that. It's, yeah. I'm only just starting to do that now, thinking about this stuff. It's. Yeah. It, did you go into the trip thinking, I want to work shit out or are you just like... Well, no, and I didn't, it's not like I came out of that one trip um, with that. I was like, it's only in reflection that I realized what I was doing. And Mm. I think that should be ingrained into every phase of life where we're transitioning, where we give ourselves that space to go and contemplate what's next and Mm. free ourselves from the belief systems that we've given ourselves so that we can go and make really sensible, sustainable decisions that are ideally going to lead us to be like less of an asshole and more Mm. of a like, you know, a beautiful person that is not sacrificing their health for some other entity mm. and also really um, really ensuring that we have a contri- uh, contribution to the community and those around us. Mm-hmm. Did you recovering gronk, <laughs> essentially. Or just becoming like, you know, accepting the fact that we're a gronk, I'm going to be the best gronk that I can yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what did it do to your relationships when you came back to Sydney or Byron or wherever it was when you first sort of landed home? Mm-hmm. Was there a process of realising that the changes that you had made weren't in alignment with your relationships how did that go down yeah good question I probably isolated myself um not too much it was Mm -hmm. necessary for me at the time but I definitely isolated myself from um my schoolmates Mm -hmm. um as I was telling you guys earlier I um in the beginning I went down a bit more of a a hardcore gnarly health route Mm -hmm. which was the raw food route and so I probably in that in that extreme that extremism in which my my lifestyle took that turn when Mm -hmm. when it took that turn it probably you know via osmosis um isolated me um, a little bit from the original family culture in which I grew up in and I had to get off that bandwagon really quick so I wasn't a judgmental asshole and I could still really be mm. there with my family. If you're going to be an extremist, best just to eat fruit, right? Like it's a good <laughs> in, in regards to extremism. Well, it's better, a better oh, version yeah. of an extremist. Yeah, exactly. Or is it? Let's yeah. not get into yeah. fruitarianism. Jesus, oh, like. <laughs> hey, if you've come here um, because of Mason and this, you're new to the Daily Talk Show, on Fridays we do something called Fat Fridays, which mm. before, before you got here, Mason, we're like, uh, is, are you a, like a health freak in that respect is we can't pull out the Krispy Kreme donuts which have been given to us by Karina next door. Thank you, Karina. Uh, Celebrating Fat Fridays. Will, uh, let's just hand out the kombucha. What, which one do you want? Do you want a um, pomegranate or an original? Oh, I'll do pomegranate. Yeah, I'm like all it. about Josh? the pomegranate. Um, you I'll go... What would you like? I'll original go the pomegranate, pomegranate as well. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Mr. 97, can you throw over my phone that's over there? It's just we, here, uh, I think. Is this oh, is that it? Yeah. yeah, because we have our Uber Eats order on its way. So we set Mason the task. Have we said, well, we thought we don't want to uh, push any bad decisions 
onto you. Yeah. You know? And so we thought, why don't we see through the lens of Mason what you would order for us? Okay. So we gave you uh, Tommy's uh, Uber Eats account yeah. and you could order us Thank anything you, for yeah, Fat no, no anything for Fat Fridays. Yeah, yeah. And so we haven't seen it yet. Should we work out now what we're being... Fucking Voudemont. Voudemont. Very expensive restaurant. Is that... Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. It's, it's like a five-star five restaurant. Yeah. I wish uh, I could have ordered Voudemont. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, what, what have you ordered us? So I've gone to uh, Pachamama Kitchen. I was actually ordering and I didn't click um, the fact that I... I actually do know Pachamama Kitchen and I've done a talk there. And so I'm going through going, oh, we've got some good stuff. And then I was ordering us a couple of kind of like on that. I'm not a, I'm not a mad fan of the ketogenic diet. I'm just sure. going to put that little caveat uh-huh. in there. I think it's a good healing system, but yeah. I've got some keto coffees Great. coming. And as mm-hmm. I'm going down, it says, add Mason's mushrooms for like a dollar. And I was what? like, oh, hang on. I know where I'm ordering from here. So I've got a mix of um, eight medicinal mushrooms. Amazing. And so I've got us four coffees coming, keto coffees, which are going to be rad. Got some ghee and MCT oil in there. And I know they source really good coffee that's um, ethical and it's also low um, um, mycotoxin, which is also important to make yeah. sure you're getting that good level of coffee and some smoothies including a Smurf smoothie. And oh, that is going to be beautiful for you. And I just told them to load me up with random tonic herbs and mushies. Amazing. Yeah. This, this and so that's perfect. what we've got coming. Yeah, there could be a better brand integration for your <laughs> okay, business. This is, this so that uh, Mason's Mushrooms, that's your Super Feast brand or is that? Yeah, that's the Super Feast brand, which I, I started in 2011 because I basically got out of uni in 2010. What did you study? International business, yeah, funnily cool. enough. Yeah. Um, I really hated it. <laughs> and um, I spent my last year, um, thankfully, P's get degrees just passing. Um, but as what, I said- What do you say? P's get degrees, passes get degrees. P's oh, get yeah. degrees. Yeah. Yep. I was thinking of green P's. What's the P? Where do we get the P's from is what Tommy wanted to know. That's how fucking gronkish we are. I was all about the P's. <laughs> um, so I passed, but um, I was studying in that time, also becoming a yoga teacher and I got out and have a bit of having my existential crisis going, what do I do? I can't stand what I learned in university. I basically learned um, how the corporate world goes in in conquests, Mm -hmm. like these um, emerging economies, didn't want to be a part of it. Funnily enough, I have an international business in myself now. (laughs) But um, my mum was basically got behind me then and was like, look, you're on about these, um, you know, nourishing yourself through foods, getting to teaching people about their organ system, their immune system, teaching people about the sovereignty of their immunity and what happens Mm. when you actually develop a a herbal culture within your own life and bring less dependency um, on institutions Mm -hmm. and healing institutions. Like if you're passionate about it, go for it, mate. She gave me Mm. that little bit of capital, set me up in a spare room in a house in Gladesville in the west of Sydney. And um, we're all great businesses are born exactly it's been great you know i still haven't taken investment we've grown from there to like have a really solid crew warehouse up in byron bay and it's been magic because i haven't had to compromise anywhere along the line and so basically we're doing extract powders of Taoist tonic herbs including medicinal mushrooms sourced yeah. very particularly and um the mason's mushrooms is eight really epic um medicinal mushies for the immune system amazing and we're gonna be trojan horsing them in our coffee I fucking yeah, love great. the word Trojan horsing, by yeah, the way. Yeah, like yeah. we love 
Trojan horsing anything. Yeah, right? just yeah. fucking confusing people getting in there and being like, "Ha ha! Yeah. You thought you were coming for Seth Godin, and now we're talking about dicks on the show." Subversive. Exactly. Mushrooms. Similarity between dicks and mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there are similarities between <laughs> dicks and mushrooms. You sometimes you see a shaga just like absolutely sticking out in this most phallic way ever. Um, very sexual. The mushroom kingdom. <laughs> Wait. So how many? So how many mushrooms are actually on the table right now? So we've got shaga mushroom, which it, you know, doesn't really look like a mushroom. Looks like it? a fucking rock. It actually feels like uh, uh, a muffin break muffin. It's got that sort of dent. Yeah, it's been, it's been cooked too much. Yeah. It's all bran. Yeah. That's an all bran muffin. It, it almost <laughs> looks like you've chipped a bit off a tree that looks like a big solid piece of bark or something. It's amazing. It, it yeah. feels phenomenal. There's it's something, like a, there's a really good, something about that weight mm. feels like a, um, it doesn't really smell. It doesn't smell like much. Oh, uh, on the other side, it almost looks like a cork board. That's it, cool. Yeah, it's a good, um, beautiful, beautiful mushy. That one, that is a shaga mushroom, grows on birch um, throughout the Arctic regions, um, that upper belt. And mm-hmm. so I harvested that one when I went to visit where we do our wild foraging in China, up in Chiang Mai Mountain, in the northeast wow. of China last year. So you go and do the wild foraging? Yeah, well, I go and meet the, well, we only work with independent farmers or independent foragers. And mm-hmm. so shaga is one of those herbs which um, there is a sustainable practice around wild harvesting Mm -hmm. it and the absolute magic um, just ancient intention that comes Mm. through of going and sourcing herbs from where these ancient Taoists would say if you want D-Dao herbs in that sense way they wanted to see it is herbs were grown in a way and in an area where they sucked up as much cosmic energy as possible to pour that mm. into us. So when that, when you actually look at that um, in, in modern day terms, when you go and study what the actual active constituents are within mm. these mushies, when you grow them in these areas where there's a, um, a fungal system, uh, a wild fungal system through the forest mm. where you have good soil, good atmosphere, and in a sense, you're going to see then good cosmology in that area. Mm. You're going to see uh, basically a healthier herb crop come through. Can I just ask, is this alive right now? Um, yeah, well, basically the, in, in herbalism, we've gone and dried that. And so the idea is that we can we, we dry that and then we will take that to our facility. So technically it is alive in the sense that you are going to be able to take that and get some deep medicinal action going on, some deep mm. immunomodulation, which is very important. It's not an immune stimulant. It's a modulator of the immune system. So helping hit receptors within your immune system, mm. which we are hardwired for the fungal beta-glucans in this. So we're hardwired on an immunological level, um, especially through the macrophages, um, that's laying our gut, take up these compounds. What are they called, sorry? The macrophages or macrophages. And so yeah. it's an immune cell that then will, um, and with receptors on it, and the beta-glucans, if it's extracted, so if you eat this now, you can basically see it's going to be like chewing wood. Mm-hmm. But when you um, hard boil that and also extract it in alcohol, so dual extract, all that medicine becomes bioavailable. And then we basically spray, um, spray dry that, and we've got an extract, which then we can go and add easily to our coffees, to mm. our hot chocolates and these kinds of things. And then what happens is the beta-glucans in here go past the, the stomach into the digestive system. They're prebiotics for our indigenous bacteria. So it's very good for gut health. And then getting uptaken within the receptors of the immune system, going deep into the immune system where it's hard to get nutritives and then metabolized. And then that metabolized beta-glucan is in that perfect shape again to hit fungal-based receptors within our immune system to turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. And so when you turn lights on within the immune system, all of a sudden you have less of a white bread flabby Western immune system that yeah. comes 
can't sure. handle Definitely itself. Definitely mine's a flappy <laughs> breath. My whole inner, my organs are actually made purely from Wonder White, if you can believe it. <laughs> yeah. And possibly two-minute noodles. <laughs> exactly, 100%. And so in China... Guys, they, our food's been picked up. Oh, so that's just, right. Just an update. Good, good update. Is the... Um, in China, is this common? What, what like you, you're describing, mm. is in that region, are they using the mushies in this way? Absolutely. It's integrated. Tonic herbalism is integrated. It kind of had a bit of a speed bump in the 50s when you get that red wash from the Mao um, administration and they basically tried to commodify TCM. Um, traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. It's kind of almost like it's able to be sold to the West. Basically what that means is it's digestible to the West. What's digestible? Reductionism. If you have this symptom, you take this formula. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, like if you have this herb, these are the classifications and you can't go outside those classifications. And they they basically wiped out the Taoist mysticism from herbalism. And mm-hmm. that included things like um, organ massage, Mm-hmm. That really included things like deep five element theory and it definitely included tonic herbalism, which are the herbs that we originally see a text um, in the Shennong um, Ben Sao Jing De. Um, well, Ben Sao Jing De is the translation um, or interpretation. The first Materia Medica around 200 BC where we see there is a class of herbs called superior herbs, which are to be used for the purpose of a lightening the body, bringing graceful aging and longevity and bringing the spirit and crack that through, which basically means you're healthy enough to consistently be able to reflect and just basically become a better human, learn your emotions, become less of an asshole, more of just a person that's awesome to be around. Mm-hmm. So listening to your body. That's it. I, I, like I was watching this morning, driving my son to daycare, this woman at the lights just punching a Dari. It was not Sandra Sully, just an yeah, update. Yeah, because we, we, um, there was but, always like a 50 50 chance, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Punching yeah. darts. But what, what I did, what, what my wife and I had the conversation about was like looking at that, like you, when you wake up in the morning, when we wake up in the morning, so we're taking our personal experience, it's like my body feels like it needs kind of water. It's like I've, if I listen to it, it's like it's wanting all yeah. these things that are going to like help it. Baby needs some water. Yeah, baby needs water. Yeah. But then I and I see just her punching a dairy and I'm like, that's not what your body actually – your body wants that based on the addiction. But I'm like it's, it's actually counter because it's not great for you. Mm. It's like there's a misalignment for a lot of people, myself included, about not listening to how I'm feeling. Like, you know, you push through it. I think work and all the, you know, life gets the better of you sometimes. And so there is this disconnection from the body. Is it something, like how do you find, because it sounds like you, you have found that connection to listening. Trying. Try, yeah, trying. I think it's a work in progress for most people. How do you go about that if you've, if you're not listening to yourself, if you're feeling shit in your guts after eating food all the yeah. time, but then you eat that mm. food all the time. And how long is it? does it actually take? Because I think I'm probably very receptive to placebos. So I like the idea, not even if all this, even if you take out all the science of it and just look at purely as a placebo effect, I feel like I'll have one sip and I'll be like, man, I'm fucking, I feel great. Mm. I feel, I even feel lean. I don't know how I'm losing weight, but it's happening. Yeah. It's all it's going kombucha, on. It's dude. I feel yeah. better. I feel better after drinking kombucha yeah. for some reason. I mean, how, at what stage do you feel that it's uh, placebo? And so like, do you see the instant, like how long does this stuff scientifically mm. take and can our lifestyle counter the benefits? So if I have the, uh, the mushroom and then I am having some form of, um, highly processed drink 
that's got a lot of sort of chemicals in it. Does that all counter out so it's it's a waste of time or? They're really good questions. Um, so we're gonna, we'll hit it from a, um, a few angles there. Uh-huh. Um, we'll definitely talk about the fact of what happens when we ignore our body and we use our sheer will to just drive through what's actually mm. happening in our body, which is a, um, something what you are basically doing in that instance. And in the West, a lot of people are doing it, is leaking their jing. So jing being our primordial essence that lives in our kidneys that gives rise to our libido, stamina, lower back health, our capacity to reproduce um, tissue basically and reproduce cells. You Mm. see what happens in the West, people get to about 50 and 60 and all of a sudden they're they're walking on eggshells, Mm. right? And we in the West, to an extent, luckily, but to an it's another um, and another angle. To our extent, it's the uh, to the absolute degeneration of our health because we become flabby in our intention. Oh, it's okay. A doctor will give me something, or there'll be drugs mm. and surgery. Mm. You get to that point, and people enter the death cycle. Yeah. Right? They've leaked their jing and their essence, their primal essence. They haven't kept that that waxy candle that is the essence of who they are protected. Right? They've sacrificed it like mm. coal energy. They're chipping off the wax and throwing it in with another double coffee to get me through the day mm. using that will and ignoring what's going on. Basically, that's burning the candle at both ends. Mm. It um, completely lessens your capacity for physical um, exuberant health. And so, in terms of um, one thing I will really um, empathize with is that person that's punching a durry who probably if you put a tobacco plant next to them wouldn't even recognize the plant that yeah. they're really interacting with mm. every single day. You really um, could be easy on yourself. Don't come at it from the angle of like, you know, what you're doing is bad. What you're doing is wrong. It's never going to really get you that far. That's mm. going to be a short-term thing to be like to really like whip yourself like that. Mm. Short-term thing to kind of get you out of it, and then just go. I don't know. Just go on your journey. Start listening to your body. Open up that can of worms. I would really say that to people. Open up that can of worms. The mm. symptom, like it's scary though. If you start feeling your symptoms, you don't want to feel like you're sick. You're functioning, yeah. and if you open up the can of worms, everyone goes, "Oh my gosh, you've got this, and you got yeah. this, and you got this," and you're like, "I'm sick." I'm bloody sick. And that's not useful unless you are at that point where the symptoms are really, you know, like going to be stopping you from, from going on living. Or if you, you know, if you have something gnarly like a Mm. cancer, you know, that's obviously like, right, you're in a a compromised position, but generally that's Mm. not going to happen. You're just going to, you don't want to be in that mentality. I would say start to gently open up that can of worms and don't put too much pressure on yourself. You not, you might not have the time to become an expert in nutrition and herbalism, you know, get a practitioner. I've finally finally got a, um, a naturopath that I'm like actually comfortable with to help me just, you know, sensibly get some markers mm. to see where I'm at because I'm, I've driven myself for years and years and years on my pure instinct and it's been very useful for me and it's been amazing for mm. me to awaken that. But if you're in that position, get a pracky. I've got like a, like I've got an excellent mate, mm. you know, Dan Sipple is like, good naturopath you know Mm -hmm. there's many out there how do you find because i guess there's lots of doctors and all that sort of thing and i always have pushed back with medicating myself because i feel like like i have two herniated discs there was a time where i couldn't walk for you know a period of a couple of months or really struggled Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to take painkillers and all that sort of thing because i felt like that was going to sort of reduce the symptoms or Good whatever, you, but not yeah. actually like fix the, the problem. How, what is the, how do we look at these things productively and whilst, and still being able to seek help? Mm. Because I guess there's a lot of, you could look at everything and feel like, I don't want to fucking do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to see a doctor because they're going to give me the, or how, what is the filtering system mm. to be able to actually make progress in these things? 
Yeah, very interesting. I'd make sure that you are doing it for yourself mm-hmm. and not some external cultural idea that you, you know, it's good to be healthy and it's, you know, it's going to be like a good social standing if you're going to be healthy mm-hmm. or people will accept you more. I yeah. think you should be looking at your own intention. I think when you open up that can of worms, especially when it comes to pain, mm-hmm. it's a weird cycle when it comes to pain because we don't actually know what pain is. We haven't quantified that, but it is a signal from your body. And it's something that one way or another, you're going to have to feel unless you get to the point where you medicate and medicate and medicate and medicate. And that's when we get, we see people on their deathbeds, not actually able to feel their body and feel the process that they're going through. And they have a numb death, which in the Taoist terms and yogic terms is the ultimate faux pas with Mm -hmm. life. You want to be really in a feeling sense at that point. And so basically right now take, um, you know, take the fact that pain is bad out of the equation Mm -hmm. and that there's any pressure for you to be somewhere to get rid of the social pressure or the pressure you have on yourself and just begin to feel it Mm -hmm. gently and sustainably at that point, when you start to feel and you get past that first um, layer of tension, that's really blocking you from getting in there and feeling what's going on in your body. You'll find if you're with enough gentle persistence, and this is the key, Mm. small persistent steps, you know, whether it's a light movement practice or whether it's taking herbs that like are going to restore the gene kidney essence so that you actually have the ability to go in and heal through the spine. Mm. Those consistent steps, what you'll find is you'll get to over a year, uh, you'll look back and you'll go, holy shit, yeah. I can't believe how, like, how far I've gone in that time. It's the one percenters. That's mm. what Tommy and I have identified because I've always been very extreme. I used to be 120 kilos, have been through a lot of different diets and the thing that I've only learned from the podcast is the incremental showing up every single day and I'm still not there with the gym. The idea of going to the gym and doing some form of exercise but not feeling completely fucked by the end of it, Mm. it's hard to quantify and say, well, that was actually worth doing, right? Because in the moment it feels so small that it Mm. doesn't have any impact. I think that that's probably Yeah, I used to be a personal trainer and I have clients that – that I would train them. And I, and if anything, I built my business around gently, incrementally increasing the intensity because no one wants to come back after being absolutely throttled mm. through a session. But it slowly it works. But then there has to be the money, monetary commitment to me over the yeah. 10, 15 weeks or whatever, yeah. you know, six to two years training with me. Mm. It's like it does work. But it is hard because we want the feeling of, like being ruined in a session is mentally yeah. satisfying well, we to some degree because it's giving us a sign that uh, we're doing something. We need indicators. We yeah. do. And we're extremists yeah. in the West. Yeah. I like being an extremist. Mm-hmm. I've had to become an extremist within the context of looking at my life over a decades long span, mm. right? Not a decade, like over decades. Mm. And so when I, when I approach my herbal practice, because I used to be quite like a mega doser, you know, I'm taking like tablespoons of things, yeah. of these things every day. It's you do own the company, so you've got a yeah. good stash. <laughs> I've got a good stash and that's that's partly why I did create the company in the first place. But even when it comes to physical exercise and herbalism, I really have started going, is this useful to my 80 year old self? Right. Is this going to have me at 80 and 90 being able to walk up a hill, breathe easy, have a conversation Mm. and really be able to hold complex ideas at Mm -hmm. the same time, which is, you know, I love the fact that we've got Krispy Kreme sitting there and (laughs) some of the most ancient Taoist tonic herbs for restoring the pure life force of the body because really, as we know that beautiful quote, the sign of true intelligence is the capacity to hold two opposing ideas in the mind Mm -hmm. at the same time and still function. 
And I think that is so critically important. And all these, like, is it really useful for me to absolutely go thrash my body at the gym? Mm. Especially if I'm not really in touch with with what's going on within my joints and my adrenals Mm. when I'm doing this. Is this actually useful to my 80-year-old self? Now, the thing about that path that's um, sensible in relation to yourself, you know, has an appropriate amount of excessive action, but majority is just this nice sensible and very sustainable yeah. way of going about things is it's not that sexy. Yeah, yeah. It's not that sexy on Instagram. Yeah. It is mm. sexy in how you feel in yeah. your essence because sexy is something that you should be really embodying within yourself. Mm. And who gives a shit what other people yeah, think, yeah. right? The sad documentaries, Ronnie Coleman, one of the world's best bodybuilders. And he was known to be one of the strongest guys in the gym, most muscular one, you know, eight, back to back and came from nowhere coming eighth every competition to then one year just coming first for the next many, many years. The documentary is so sad though because I looked up to him when I was young as a bodybuilder. He's fucked. He's had so many back surgeries. Mm. He's in pain 24-7 and you just see him with his family and he just – he looks – I don't know. It's just a sadness. He's a, he's seeing the best side of it, knowing what he's com, you know accomplished and where he'll be left in history. But he's not thinking. He wasn't thinking eighty year old self. Yeah. His goal was so focused on being the best in that moment. But it's not, that's a sh- that's short term. That's in the moment thinking. It's not forward thinking. But exactly. How do we then live in the moment but uh, not think too far forward? Mm to remove us out of this moment? Good question because like the idea then is integration to the present moment and I like consistently um, and hopefully I can embody this through my practice is integrating my past experiences and honouring where I've been Mm. and ensuring that I'm representing that and each of those phases that I've gone through because what's when you get into um, hardcore diet or hardcore fitness or whatever quite often your identity comes through opposing where you've come from right and and the same with um, identity in this very moment I am you know, I'm into natural foods or I'm into raw foods or I'm vegan or I'm, you know, keto because I'm opposed to big pharma and I'm forming my identity because they're evil. And the way that I was brought up has left me with autoimmunity and I got this and I got that medication and they destroyed my microbial biome. And and then that this is who I am because of that. And we it's, don't like contradictions, right? But in reality, life is Well, it is a contradiction, them. but you want the contradiction to arise within and not external. Externally. When yeah. your external identity is formed because there is a, a group of people that you go and hitch your wagon to, that mm-hmm. star, your form, your your external identity then is like, where about this because we're opposed to this? And mm-hmm. ultimately that leads to mental issues. Mm-hmm. You can't actually um, generate your values of health internally and you can't actually, you don't have the patience to sit there and communicate to yourself why you would want to make certain choices and um, not. It's much easier just to take on a dog like um, mm. like you know, like raw foodism or like activism. Not to mm. say that I don't agree with those kinds of things yeah. being in existence, but I want them to be in existence um, because from from a value system emerging within. And I want your mind to be slippery enough to be able to make changes if yeah. you need to. Mm. Um, now, in terms of um, the past, that's what I mean about integrating with where you came from. Don't get into what you you know whatever you're doing because you're opposing the fact that you were a skinny 
kid that was bullied. Mm. Now it's great for marketing that you have like an official story of why you got into things. But people, this is the thing with social media and I kind of felt it in my early days of going and doing talks. I've done hundreds of talks now and and, in social media, it's even more of an issue. Mm. You you start to get carried away by your stage identity or carried away by your Instagram identity and you invest so much into it Mm. that you lose yourself in that identity and then it makes it very hard to actually make sensible changes that are going to be really appropriate for your life long term yeah what's well, in a box you feel like you're in a box you it, are in a box yeah. you absolutely imprison yourself mr 97 oh, yes. has just uh dropped down the wow. uber eats order i'm gonna let you get into this yeah, mason. mason you you tell this us what's, what's going on oh yeah oh my okay. gosh here we they've, go they've hooked us up guys so Thank you, Pachamama Whole Foods. You yeah. guys are absolute legends. So oh, it amazing. looks like oh, they've 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 hooked what us up. What does that say? So this is oh, uh, these are chocolates. So I think these are going to be raw chocolates. Something. Um, oh, they're Loco Loves. Oh my gosh, Loco Loves. Oh, um, yeah. Shout out to Loco Loves. They're our like our um yeah, our mates up in Byron Bay. They've got <laughs> the best chocolates. They put our wild crafted Shazandra berry. Which Shazandra. is like Shazam, Shazandra <laughs> berry. I mean, it, this this or, this orchard that we get this Shazandra from is absolutely insane. What it's is beyond, sh- what is? Oh, it's the mushroom that's the named one, after oh, Sandra Sully. That's, that's the one that that's every- it. Shazandra's like oh, this is a beautiful mushroom. <laughs> Shazandra berry. Can we eat that? Yeah, yeah, raw? we're gonna eat that right now. Okay, so these ahead, aren't just sh- organic Shazandra berries that I've gone and bought here in Australia. Mm. These mm. are ones from our orchard on Chung Bai Mountain mm. up in the northeast of um, of China. Wu Wei It's five flavor fruit. Let's get into it. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's bitter. Mm. It's Mr. sweet. It's sour. Come and try one as well. It's got a bit yeah. of um. It's oh, almost it's like, like the gingery, like pepper, the pepper. the bite of ginger. Mm-hmm. That's oh, not that's what I, yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. And so that's in the chocolates there. So get in. Yeah. So this is an incredible. So, um, Mr. Ninety Seven. You're going to like this one for getting your libido rocking. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is an amazing one for getting the sexual fluids rocking in the body this and is, regulating hormones. This is this It's is an incredible home. liver herb. It looks um, like a Tim Tam. Well, this is like, these, oh, these, wow. are, these are artisanal raw chocolates. It's going to be hard. You're going to be hard come by getting better than local love. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Is there dairy in this? No dairy, no grain, no soy, mm. no like no refined sugars. It's a good one. That's real good. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. So that's um, cherry and raspberry loco loves. All right. Did you actually order those or they? No. Ah, oh, thank you. They just surprised us with that. Mm. All right. Now, we, I got smoothies because smoothies are always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't do them all the time. I'm not a big fan of putting like, oh gosh, they've like, oh yeah, that's right. It's Uber Eats. We've had to like. Go fully Tape like it down. Yeah. What's wow. the um? What's your views on calorie intake and shit? Do we? How much do we focus on it? It's not my area. Uh-huh. I personally don't love it. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's such a small part of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, I really can't um discredit it for folks who are in that place where they're ha- having trouble of um eating too many calories and mm-hmm. they need a short term protocol or guide to give them um, the possibility to feel what their body feels like when they have less calories. It's like a short-term means to an end kind of thing, Mm -hmm. I think, as all diets and protocols should be. Mm -hmm. People should try it. If it's useful, go ahead and do it and then integrate it into your lifestyle and be able to throw away that calorie counter. Mm. That is definitely what I think. Okay, no sugar daddy. 
Oh, That's for Thank you. you. Thank you. You're, you're, you're going no sugar daddy. So no, no, he's self-made. He's not <laughs> relying on a sugar daddy. So you've got no sugar in that one. So in here we've got, they've added um, Mason's mushrooms. Yeah, correct. Which has got um, shaga, reishi, uh, lion's mane, cordyceps, maitake, shiitake, agaricus, and poria mushrooms. Whoa. And they've also spiked some of them with lion's mane, which we absolutely love. So um, we've got a, like a chalky nut one for Mr. Oh, 97. Yeah, yeah, nut yeah. Does that, that definitely helps his mission to find a life partner. Yeah, we've Some, got cho- chocolate. Somehow. Chocolate is a wonderful aphrodisiac. We've got Smurf power. Uh, he's yeah. the Smurf guy. <laughs> the legit blue. Can you sit there? Like, I, uh, um, I wonder whether they actually put phycocyanin in it, which is the blue pigment that you get from, um, from algaes like spirulina. Which oh is, really? Which is actually, if it is that, then It'd that's high a high quality. It's high quality and very yeah. wonderful. My uh, guess is it's, it's not. not. <laughs> 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 you should. You pour this thing out. It's like fucking galaxy blue. It's right, like. So I mean, phycocyanin is galaxy blue. It's it's very hard to get blue pigment. Um, sorry, in nature. Then we've got just these like these kind of keto style coffees. You know, got the ghee in there and um, got MCT oil. And then got Mason's mushrooms, Trojan horse in your in your coffee. So I'm not necessarily against yeah, coffee per se, mm-hmm. but I think we should acknowledge the fact that it is a yang herb. It's a very stimulating herb. What does yang mean? Um, yang. Is oh, it yin we, and yang? We, we get into the yin and yang kind of style of thing. So yang is very expansive. It's very metabolic, right? Mm-hmm. And so we want a good amount of yang in our body. A lot of these herbs that I have are yang toning herbs. But as we were talking about over like here with the mushrooms, um, shaga, reishi, lion's mane, or more of these like kidney jing essence herbs to restore. Like, you know, if you're in that adrenal um, burnout kind of zone, mm-hmm. you sit within the jing herbs primarily. Um, so I've got eucomia bark, hishuwu. I put them into a blend called jing, which mm. um, they've also, I think they've also slipped in. Now that's the other one, Mr. 97, I want to get you on is jing. Because kidney jing and essence is what is actually gives you sexual vigor and libido and gives you that sex appeal, like sex on fire, because your kidneys actually have the ability to regulate how much cortisol is, is being released. And then on the other side of that, you have the ability to create a nice, healthy array of ratios of sex hormones, including that testosterone magic. And that's sexy, yeah. like sexy from the inside yeah. out. Is yeah. there a difference between what uh, men and women eat and drink? Does it does it matter or is it basically the same? Are we all basically humans with the same organs and they're mm. the same shit? Yeah, it's a good question. We are definitely not the same. It is like there there is like a big crossover, um, in in um, cellular biology, and in you know in, in many um, aspects of our organ systems mm-hmm. that are um, absolutely the same and similar. And then especially when you get into the sex hormones mm-hmm. and when you get into um, reproductive systems, it is so incredibly and beautifully different. There's of course crossover, like men and women can take the same herbs and both have a boosting effect to their libido long-term. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going for short-term aphrodisiac, synthetic mm-hmm. aphrodisiac. I'm going long-term embodiment of sexual vigor because it's an absolute sign of health. Perfect for life partners. Like we don't want some sort of Tinder one night. Sort no, of thing. It's this not Viagra. Be, it's this um, is Mister Ninety Seven. Viagra. At, yeah. No, no, this is Mister Ninety Seven's fifty, and he's still rocking it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that is exactly what we're going for. Perfect. And that's oh. the intention. And so we've got a bit of turmeric in here as well, just because turmeric is always wonderful. It smells good. I like it. There has been so much beat up, not beat up, so much publicity around the MC, um, uh, not the MCT, the, um, the oils that you're putting into this, the, mm, the, the butters, the grass fed butters. Mm. I've never actually had it. Oh, it's my first had time, yeah. 
It's an interesting one, that keto world. So first of all, coffee, yang herb, stimulating mm. herb. It's not a superior herb. It's not one of these ones that are gentle mm. enough that you can consistently integrate on their own and they're not going to take you out of balance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a wonderful herb in that it's a regular herb category. It's probably one that um, in excess obviously is going to take you into a place of excess, which is adrenal Mm. burnout, or you're going to be compensating for your adrenal burnout with coffee. So what I like to do is if you're going to have it, first of all, consider getting yourself to a place where you don't need coffee, Mm -hmm. where you can just actually have one as a herb because you choose to. But in the meantime, you can add mushrooms or jing, jing herbs to balance out the overall energy of that tonic. What's the definition of a herb, by the way? Because you use, uh, everything seems to be a herb when you're talking about, because coffee I never thought about as a herb. What is a herb? Yeah, Um, It's a plant, mineral um, or animal um, derived uh, or mushroom derived um, medicine, something that has a medicinal action on the body. I always thought of them as like mint and parsley. Yeah. I'm a bit culinary, yeah. culinary herbs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bit yeah. of a gronk like I, that. You know, I think Josh, this is something you'd be into because this feels yeah. like a meal, right? But like, extreme, but this is the problem. I'm getting fucking pumped. I'm getting extreme. I'm taking notes, mm. and the problem that I need to be careful of is next week I move into a new place, very close by to the office. I'm sort of. I feel like it's an opportunity for. I like to call it a personal rebrand. <laughs> And you'll be wearing your singlet, exactly. I'll have the exact. exact, uh, (laughs) I'll first get uh, our friend Gemma can hook me up with some uh, laser hair removal, but then I'll be I'll be wearing the uh, what what is it called? A singlet? A singlet? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like I I like calling them wife meters. Wife meters. (laughs) Wife meters is good. Yeah. It's the 2019 wife beater. You cannot say wife beater these days. Yeah. No. No, but but we do. The blue. People do. But it's a that is a is that. A specific, the blue one is that a quintessential Australian brand or something? Or it no? is a quintessential Australian brand. Yeah, what, like, it's just like it's just a, this is just a Bonds ch- a chesty Bonds. Oh, chesty yeah, Bonds. Um, I'm actually I'm like we're in the works, or I'm putting it out there to anyone. If you want to create either like um, you know an organic cotton. Um, singlet mm. like this that's got nice stretch and the, the ver- versatility. Maybe make it hemp, make it um, make it bamboo or whatever. But mm. as long as it's got versatility, yeah. um, I'll wear it and I'll like endorse the crap Dude, out of it. I can't believe there hasn't been one out of bond um, out of Byron. It seems like there's all of that. There's stuff heaps going. of them, but like when you get like a lot of the time, hemp ones are just going to get like you know, just bally. stretchy yeah. and bally. Yeah, yeah. This, man. You, and too many is, people trying to smoke them in Byron. Yeah, so this is uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is merino wool. But yeah. it's like a blend. Mm. I fucking love these t-shirts yeah. by a company called Woolen Prince. But I went a- away for four months last year and I wore like t-shirts for weeks at a time without washing them and they're like odor resistant and all that sort so of shit. So good. I mean, that's like when it comes down, when it boils down to it, like there's, you know, like I, I need convenience at some point yeah. and I need to like, I basically wear this every single day. It's my uniform. Mm. I did a talk last night. I did it in yes. this. I looked at some photos of you and I saw you in that. Yeah. It's a fucking peacocking uniform though too. Yeah, like, I've gone for the- from, like I feel like if you're, if you're from Croydon in Victoria and you're wearing that, it's not, doesn't have the cut through as I'm from Byron. Yeah, oh, it's perfect. I yeah, just tried my smoothie. This is epic. That's a good. I mean, this is, the yeah, coffee is, is great. So it's got that. It rem- I did mm-hmm. keto for a while, but I did a 
terrible version, which was a lot of cheese. Mm. And uh, <laughs> it was, I felt by the end of it, like a big blob of cheese. And look, I don't mind keto. And I think you've absolutely like, you know, a lot of people who don't even do the cheese route, they mm. don't have the bacterial or liver capacity to um, really move that much fat through mm-hmm. the body. And so the way I kind of see it is their liver and their small intestines become this big oozing blob of cheese that can't actually <laughs> digest. And they start off gassing in these ways um, through, through the bacteria through so that much excessive fat in mm-hmm. a way that starts loosening the, um, the tight junctures in their digestive Fuck system. you don't want that. No, you ain't because that's leaky gut. Yeah. And there's certain Ooh. constitutions that rocket on keto, right? Yeah. Um, what, is, could, what does constitute? What does that mean? Um, it's just your basic, you know, like you know whether you're whether you're prone to be able to metabolize um, carbohydrates or yeah. um, a higher ratio of fats. Well, you know, it has a lot to do with how how much constitutional jing essence you were born with in your kidneys. A good way to think about it is Keith Richards came through with a lot of constitutional jing, uh-huh. right? He can go and go and go. But then we know there were people who like- It's also cocaine. Well, <laughs> but look at it. I mean, it hasn't killed him. There's a lot of people that wouldn't be able to back up once after yeah. a night out, yeah, you know? Yeah. That's like they're, they're constitutionally, they don't have that much jing, right? Mm-hmm. And so someone who's got a really strong constitution, you know, for instance, I was telling you I was on that raw food for four years. Mm-hmm. I was really rocking it. My spleen could handle it. I have a lot of digestive fire mm-hmm. organically. And so it didn't um, didn't come to my detriment. I made the change just based on my own will because I knew that it was time to make that shift mm. to something that was probably more accessible long-term that I, and, and a diet that I'd be proud to share with my kids, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than going, it's just raw food. Here's the book. Here's the dogma. You know, I'm a missionary. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, the, but on raw food, you see there are a lot of, um, especially women who mm-hmm. already have inherent um, hormonal disturbances, um, who don't have a spleen function, which is able to really heat up and break down and cook the food within the belly. And they do absolutely terribly on raw yeah, food. Yeah. It's the same with keto. And it's shit when you see people who are like, you know, keto is just like, you know, I did it and look at me now, I'm shredded. Look yeah, at these yeah, abs. Yeah, yeah. And then there's people in these support groups right it's like with anything it's like with yeah. medical medium right now there's people in these facebook support groups and there's they they take particular people in these dietary worlds whether it's veganism or raw um or um keto or medical medium that's and a they, fucking loud helicopter yeah, that man. sounds like a big this is you know what these are the people in the dietary dogmas and they know <laughs> that i'm talking about them yeah, exactly. and they're just after. like they've just like no. they've just sort of like no. you know just sent out their missionaries this, with is, actually, all this the- is actually uber eats they've done a real extra special they're coming down with raw raw treats. Touch your mama, you've done it again. <laughs> and so basically what they always do, and it's the same with herbalism, you know, I could be in a position where I could go, yeah, everyone should have reishi all the time, no matter what. But that's a really irresponsible thing that doesn't respect people's instincts and mm. the fact that people should engage with these herbs and find an appropriate usage for them. You don't pick just the few good people and then only highlight that because then there's other people and it's like, it's a bit easier with herbalism because it's not a complete dogma. It's just something that is on offer to include um, with a lot of education if, it's, if you're doing it responsibly. But in the, the dogma or in like the keto world, there's people within those groups going, why are those people rocking it so yeah. much? And why am I getting sicker? Mm-hmm. And there's no one because it's um, because the responsibility is to stand firm bet- um, behind sets of rules. Mm-hmm. And what you've discovered is the big thing. And the, what is the thing that works? You don't actually go and highlight the fact that there are very um, there, are, there are a lot of nuances within mm-hmm. 
our bodies and with what works and the time period. Keto is an incredible healing diet. People with brain injuries, I think, you know, you should go into a state of ketogenesis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like the idea of water fasting. I've done it and, mm-hmm. I, don't, and I will do it again. You enter into a state of extreme ketogenesis mm-hmm. when you do that and you start burning, um, burning fats and working off fats and you heal. But long term... There's no romance in it. And long-term, your culture needs to have this integrated, lucid romance in terms of the nutritives and the way that you're preparing food in a way that engages your senses. It's more down the lines of like that Italian mama who's rocking the kitchen, (laughs) you know. That that has to be in there long-term and you can't get that in dietary dogma no matter what they say. How do you reconcile the use of Instagram for business when you see that there is so much misinformation or people who have great rigs to start with jumping on to certain trends as a way of just selling product? Oh man, good question. I talk about it all the time. I talk about it in my talk last night. I'm the first to take the absolute piss out of adaptogenic herbs and taking medicinal mushrooms and these kinds of things off a pedestal so that they can be gently integrated if useful into the lifestyle. Now, in terms of jumping onto bandwagons, um, I think it's... um, I just think it's always going to happen. I can't get too worked mm-hmm. up about it. Um, I do think that it is quite irresponsible if you are in the position where you start not just documenting your journey, but you just start actually sharing like, hang on, I've found the truth here, guys. Yeah. The yeah. other thing I think if you're going to start giving advice, I still run the Superfeast Instagram. I still write back to every single DM. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make yourself a figure of education and especially, I, and I've really, it was a turmoil for me in years in terms of selling the product mm. and educating about the product. It was really difficult for me, but I make myself accessible nonstop. Answer all those questions. I do a high amount of training for my team mm. and we don't bypass the hard questions that may burst the bubble of our, our, you know, our butterflies and rainbows take on adaptogens and tonic yeah. herbs. We're very realistic. And if we don't think it's appropriate, I will tell someone, no, it's not time for you to be going for this. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to go and like go a little bit deeper. You need to be working with someone. You need markers within the body. Stop stabbing in the dark. Although I'm very... I'm very much for people getting into their own sovereignty and taking their health back into their own hands and their family hands and bringing law and folksy remedies and herbalism into the house. You need to really appreciate where your edges of expertise are. And at that point, you need to look outside that bubble so you can learn and go to someone who's like, you know, maybe a practitioner you know, maybe just someone who's a teacher and then go mm-hmm. and learn to get a few markers that are going to actually able you to, um, you know, get on top of the symptom or whatever it is or the mm-hmm. illness. So owning a, a business like Superfeast, you've got a product that people, you know, it's it's not within their day-to-day unless they choose so. And you yeah. get people um, that are doing, you know, things like network marketing, so isogenics and these things where they try and <clears> – <throat> talking about their product – like the thing that you're missing out on. like, And you start feeling bad because you're like, well, hang on. And I've always had the thought of like, if it was actually good for everyone, why the fuck wouldn't everyone be on it? And so how do you, <laughs> yeah. how do you tackle like with – because from what I'm hearing is if this isn't for you, if this doesn't work for you, you don't need to have this. So yeah. that's, that's just – well, dude, I mean, I talk people to like, I had to finally accept that this was something useful, having powdered extracts. And I put them in, in like really beautiful ultraviolet jars that cost a bomb. 
mm. and it presents really nicely. You know, I want them to be presented in the house, but it's still an extract powder in a jar. And for ages, I just wanted to bypass that and teach people how to go and forage their own mushrooms and herbs. Mm. Yet when I was doing the markets for years in northern beaches of Sydney, I'd have conversation with mums of four who were just absolutely sick. Don't have fucking time to forage. Is that what they're saying? <laughs> this one mum, Trish, I've been talking to her for ages. She had two autistic kids um, and two kids um, older, um, like two older kids, two younger kids who were autistic. Her and her husband had full-time jobs. They were all in school. No bullshit, Trish. No bullshit, Trish. Yeah, and I was like, and she's like, oh my gosh, you got the mushrooms. You've been talking about them for ages. You know, at the same time, I've been talking about hydration, getting inflammatory foods out of the diet, getting yeah. off processed foods. It's like, and definitely getting off pesticides and these kinds of things. I'm, How do you get off pesticides? Well, you can't get off pesticides. They're pervasive. Um, it's a bit of a complex conversation in terms of, um, you know, making the best food choices, talking mm-hmm. to the farmer, ideally getting local and understanding how it's grown in the first place, and then opening up your detox channels, including your skin, your colon, through your bladder and through your lungs and getting your lymph moving moving, so you are not allowing those pesticides to embed within your body and embed within your um, within your brain and especially using things that are either binding like clays um, mm. and other things that are like um, somewhat chelating or able to you know help you detox from these like zeolites. Mm-hmm. And so nice caveat because that's a good one. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like what? don't just like, it's like in business going, just get a good bookkeeper. And it's like, <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, you know? exactly. And I like, and I hate that bypass, you know, just yeah. get off pesticides. Cause it's yeah. like, we're talking over 30 years here. How do I do this? Yeah. And can I like, I guess where I get, uh, I struggle with is I can overthink things. So I've associated eating things, say eating fruit from punnets or like punnet of strawberries I've now associated that with like pesticides and chemicals and I almost like, can I taste that in these ones? Like, mm-hmm. so how do we, um, how do we create a certain level of skepticism around things versus uh, being able to be a productive human that's eating? I mean, it was perfectly put. I, I think just having that, that's a quality question. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to like. I think each time we're having a problem internally when it comes to our diet, quite often we're not asking enough of a quality question that within it already has the answer yeah. riddled throughout it and mm-hmm. then defines really clear steps. You know you're not going to, it's not useful for you to go in extreme paranoia about mm-hmm. pesticides being everywhere. Um if you get into the, the, the plastic free realm, like I live basically, I, I endeavor to get plastic free. I try as much as I can, but mm. when I'm in a city, I just don't freak out. Yeah. I'm not freaking out mm. right now that this is a plastic lined, um, estrogen rich cup, no matter what they say, no mm. matter how um, compostable it is, there's still plastics and those mm. toxic um, xenoestrogens within there do have the ability to go in and yeah. take down testosterone. But do I let that freak me out? Absolutely not because yeah. I, have, I have strict values in the way that I want to live life and I want to feel primarily that leads. So putting me into a state of tension and stress is never going to be useful for me. Yeah. If it does, if, if it is, it's only for short periods. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What I have got this stress and then what actions can I take yeah. so that I actually, you know, can I may turn it into something useful? Mm. So I don't know the exact steps mm. to take, but I will say that if you just sit in increasing the quality of the question and, um, and just lean into it and be like, especially like, why don't you want pesticides within your life mm. rather than it being a rule that would, it'll, it'll be, you know, it'll just be evident mm. from the very beginning, like yeah. what steps you should take. And if the cups are going to kill us, I reckon the asbestos floors will get us first. What do you reckon, <laughs> yeah. Tommy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Absolutely. Trish. What? Oh, yeah, so, so Trish, and so like, you know. I was she's, just thinking about Yeah, Trish. she's just like, you know, and I was like, look, Trish, you know, and like I know you, you – I know you want the mushrooms, but you know, I'm a really, you, you live near Lane Cove National Park. You can go and harvest your own turkey tail mushrooms there and dry them this way. And she's like, mate, four kids. 
full time job, yeah, yeah, no yeah. time. Yeah. Give me the fucking mushrooms, mate. Yeah, and I was, like, I was like, it's getting aggressive. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. wow, okay. I was like, I've started like, yeah, okay, this is relevant. She's got a strong intention. Yeah. She's like, every year we get the flu. I can't, will not have the whole household going down for three weeks oh, to yeah. the flu. Yeah. And I was at the time, like I got a two year old now, right? I can like, I thought the time I was like, hmm, I'm really empathetic to that. <laughs> had to be really hard. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. I'm like, oh, oh my dude. God, it's a, impossible. I've got a two year old and he gets sick, we get sick, then he gets sick, then we get, like it's, you're just passing it on. It's horrible. <laughs> just like, it's just this big game of backgammon. Like yeah. Backgammon. Bad mitten. Bad I don't know mitten. why I said backgammon. <laughs> it's this big strategic no, game of how to give influenza <laughs> to everyone. It's just that complicated. <laughs> Slowly. Mm, you play that move, so, I'll play this move. <laughs> so basically um, with um, in that instance, she then we're like, right, how are we going to get them into your family? And so she, I was like, you know, hot chocolates is a wonderful way. And so four in the household would drink the hot chocolates to autistic children wouldn't. Okay, that doesn't work. What about berry smoothies? No, that wouldn't work. Um, guy, I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know, Trish. It was in my early days. And then she came back one day cheering and I was like, oh, how'd you get it in? She's like, in the spag bowl, mate. And she just like <laughs> took a, a tablespoon of the Mason's mushrooms and would just put that in the spag bowl, Trojan horsing it into her family. Yeah, yeah. Important to do that with consent, not that they're trippy. Yeah. <laughs> but... And then when she came back after the winter, I said, how did you go? And she said, great. You know, everyone got the flu, but it was only for a week Mm. and it wasn't that severe. And I'm really happy with that. Mm. And so that actually started to bring some relevance for me um, about why these full spectrum herbs that hadn't been isolated in their constituents. They're in a bioavailable form that could just be added to Mm. whatever you were doing within the kitchen. So you could easily integrate it into your life, which is that's where the roots of Taoist tonic herbalism lies gently. And you're asking about China. Mm. Yeah. They're putting cordyceps and reishi in the stock, right? It's there. Astragalus in the stock, Hishawu in the broth. They're making Mm. wines out of shizandra berry. And if they're having a rice wine, it's a shizandra infused rice wine, you know? They're OG and they're non-fantastical about it, Mm. which is where I want to be with tonic herbalism. It's a, it's a budding conversation in the West. And so, you know, I have to, you know, put some spirit finger terminology onto it, it to get people's attention. Is it those things like what happened with Trish that gives you the confidence? Because I could imagine like, you know, even selling myself as someone who makes videos in my early days. It's like you, you were trying to get some confidence and wins on the board, even though you believe in what you do. And then d- has that been a case for you? It's like, Oh man, I love this. This is like my constant internal conversation um, and to ensure that I don't go into a place of just pure justification because I have a few testimonials that Mm -hmm. I can just go out willy-nilly and market these things as something everyone should be doing because I've got that in the quiver to make sure that I'm consistently appropriately sharing these things and because I've taken it upon myself to um, create a business out of it, which, you know, at the same time, I really want to support my family. I really want to support my mum who had an aneurysm and ensure that I've got her set up for when, you know, when when certain things happen in the future. And so that's there. And I like to be really upfront about that. Mm. And I also like to be up the front about the fact that I haven't taken investors and I don't want to take investors because that would be too far from me in turning this Mm. into something that's too much of a commodity that I can't not necessarily control, but guide. But because I've taken it upon myself to sell them and educate about them in that interesting gray area where I do both, 
I really need to consistently, humbly making myself available at every layer, appreciate that just as it was at the markets where I've got new people that need those new distinctions and how to not just run the, let this run off to become a fad in their lives, but they have the distinctions, how to appropriately do it. That yes, they're very safe herbs, but it doesn't matter. They're still herbs and they're still going to have a big action and you want to integrate them into the culture and lifestyle in a way where it's going to be long-term benefits and usage, not just that immediate take the herb and feel something and get a hit like we were talking about. Now that happens. If someone's adrenally exhausted, they take eucomia bark and hishiwu and they feel far out, man. Like mm. I'm, I'm getting this energy yeah. and that's their kidney system, their organ system and their chi coming back online. Same with some people get on the mushrooms and they hit the immune system and the receptor gets the cobwebs mm. blown off and they feel that chi and they go, my God, now I go, that's wonderful. Feel it whether there's been a deficiency or you're now reducing an excess and you're really feeling that's wonderful. Go on for maybe a week, maybe a couple of weeks, but then when it becomes more subtle because we don't want to use them as like, I just need to feel something. Mm. That's not where it's at and it's not where long-term herbalism lies, right? You want to be like long-term using them and just tending to the function of your organs and your systems with these. And that, as I go along Mm. and we're now reaching more and more people, I need to ramp it up even more so in constantly making that distinction. And Mm. I just can't sit on the back of it that I've been doing this since 2011. I've been doing this the entire time. There's enough content out there, guys, you can find it. (laughs) No, I need to keep on doing it. It's my responsibility. But at the same time, it's fun because the more I get to have that broad entry-level conversation to ensure that these things aren't just felt as a a fad Mm -hmm. or a cure or something like that and something to be respected at the same time, I get to have those real technical deep conversations Mm -hmm. because there are more and more people that are really becoming tonic herbalists within their own lives Mm -hmm. and understanding the nuances of this tradition and bringing that and ingraining that into the Western health culture, which I really love. So, but you know, to, for me to earn that right to educate on that level, I need to consistently do my chop wood, carry water and my practice. (laughs) And I think it's a part of it, having a business and being responsible with it and put my face out there nonstop Mm -hmm. and ensuring that it's effectively integrated. Yeah. Do you think serving the Australian market, being the sceptical market that it is, has made you a stronger communicator? Yeah. Good question again, because you go to America and I've got mates are like, hey, how does it feel to be back in the land where people actually celebrate you having a business (laughs) and making these games? And I'm like, it's wonderful for two weeks, but then it gets a little too inflating for me. And um, come back to the land of um, tall poppy syndrome and it is wonderful. The skepticism is great. And I, again, we were talking about Instagram. I'm not a big fan of the Raji Baji uh, American, you know, just like ignore what everyone else says and just go forth and believe in yourself. I think that should probably be like 80% of it, but 20% you should definitely be listening to um, the scrutiny and you should definitely be listening to why people are just questioning what you're doing and the validity of it because that will give you some biofeedback you know and most of the time it's you know there's trolls out there that just are just trying to like you know um you know just like just raise hell (laughs) but majority of the time people's intentions are good and that scrutiny can be really used to sharpen your sword Mm. and make sure that you're plugging all the gaps of how what you're saying could be misinterpreted Mm. and so that's empathy and that's putting yourself in all the different shoes and that can be seen as a very silly business decision to slow down to that extent where you acknowledge all that but i gotta sleep at night that's the decades practice right exactly that's that's, yeah and i gotta sleep at night yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know the um joe rogan one of the biggest podcasters in the world 
world had a guy on talking about mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see any change in numbers of people wanting in Australia mushroom? Was that Michael Pollan or who was that? No, no was that was Paul, Paul Oh, dude, that blew my mind, him talking about mushrooms. And so, and so I, could, I could just imagine that everyone's going, oh, I need some mushrooms and they're mm. looking up, finding you. Is that Did that, did that happen? Mm-hmm. It definitely did. Because I think we're in a time now that um, like accessible information has never been more, more accessible. Information has never been more accessible. Yeah. And I think it's like uh, you've been on this – you've been on the train since 2011. It's now, you know, mm. choo yeah, I mean, I've, I've earned my right to be in this yeah. position as mm. the wave really started crashing and the mushrooms really came into popularity. And these, like when in the West, in the West we call them adaptogenic herbs. Mm. This is a very general um, general statement. And in the East, in, in, the, in one system, we call them Taoist tonic, herbal, um, tonic, tonic herbalism. In Ayurveda, we call them Rasayanas. And so just so you get that understanding where it's like, what's a tonic herb, what's a medicinal mushroom, what's an adaptogen. And so we can get into that, but they're all in the same family. Mm. Yeah, when Paul Stamets happened, I had someone on my team watching the SEO on Lion's Mane, especially, <laughs> and it exploded. Yeah. And we definitely saw an increase. Um, now, that was a beautiful thing that happened for me in that because he's a mycologist and heavily a scientist, right? Mm, mm. And so he leans towards growing them in labs in America um, on, uh, I think, a growing medium of brown rice, which makes sense to him so that you can have somewhat of a standardised growing process. What do you mean they're eating brown rice? Um, that's what they eat rather than their native That's what the mushrooms God, eat. I mean, I'm yeah. on brown rice right. too. Exactly. Super lean, little bit of tuna. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, it's an interesting... Interesting one where I agree that in circum, certain circumstances where they're wanting to really have a standard product close to home that you'd grow it in that particular way. They've westernized yeah. it. It's They've definitely westernized not, it. it's not the uh, foraging in the mountains of China. Yeah. And it, it lacks romance. And yeah. I really, I don't think that's a bad idea to do that. I'm glad people like sci- are scientifically and it's also in that realm of having a business and mm. wanting to um, have something a little bit more streamlined mm. that doesn't have so much chaos embodied <laughs> into the sourcing process. So that makes sense to me. I'm not opposed to it. I don't want to give that to my family. Yeah. I definitely don't. Like if you're sick, maybe it makes sense for you to like be like, all right, I know this has been studied and standardized mm. in a particular way in that practitioner realm. Yeah, go for it yeah. in that sense. But I want this reishi... Mm-hmm. to be grown on wild oak logs. Difference between grain-fed beef exactly. and like a grass-fed. Well, if you yeah. could have, exactly it, yeah. If you yeah. could have one or nothing. So if you had the, the brown rice mushroom grown or nothing for your family, which one is it? Do you go there? Um, I'd probably, um, I'd still go brown rice, yeah. um, but I'd keep it on higher um, circulation and it would be more of a regular um, herb, not mm. a tonic herb. It'd be something I wouldn't integrate into my life necessarily. I'd use it for more specific um, um, medicinal actions, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because personally it needs that. We'll explain D-Dow sourcing and the cosmology and growing in particular areas. That's got enough romance there that it earns the right to be within a kitchen. Mm. That has the senses engaged. And he, Paul Stamets, came out and was just like, I basically studied all these mushrooms from China and, you know, only nine out of ten are good. Just don't get anything from China. And it's such a reductionist scientific way to look at it. And I wrote a blog about it going like, you know, damn right I sourced my mushrooms from China. Um, I kind of see it. It's like it was the only way for me to go about it when I was randomly sourcing all the herbs very Mm -hmm. in the beginning. 
and I didn't know which ones they were. I just they're going to add reishi one, two, three, four, five, and there were different standards. Some grown organically in America on grain, on wood, and some from China, from Di Dao in the hills, um, and others, you know, organic in China. And I found, and some were standardized, so we chopped out particular medicinal um, components, standardized it to five percent or thirty percent. All right, so they've mm-hmm. chopped up the energetic um, ratios of the um, of the herb itself, and I kept on being drawn back to the Di Dao full spectrum. There was something about my body that was able to, and my organs that was able to like recognize the herb ongoingly. Mm-hmm. So it was, I was able to create more of a habitual action of going back to it without having to think. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I started going down that route. At the same time, I've been to the farms. You can see like, you know, at the, you know, where we're growing um, the reishi, which is in the Derby mountains. It's just surrounded by wild forest deep in the hills it's mm. villages only independent farmers like i'm like has paul stamets been here and tested that one or <laughs> are you just f- reducing yeah. it to its parts and yeah. just going i'll oh, just throw it out and yeah. you know and just come and buy them from australia whereas like i'm from america and i'm like well that's that's kind of cool but that's not a very colorful conversation i like having yeah. conversations that are very colorful and i don't oppose other businesses that are doing their thing i mm. think there's different caveats of of society where it's appropriate to have different growing styles and i've yeah. got a very particular one and i'm not sitting here trying to poo-poo everything else so you come and buy this i don't yeah. give a shit try them all yeah. Yeah. and find there where it's appropriate usage at the same time yeah, I'm there walking through the Shazandra orchard. I'll show you a picture of it um, yeah. later. And there's companion planting with pine trees. There's walnut trees growing throughout. They're harvesting that. There's weeds growing all throughout it. There's mushrooms going everywhere. There's no pesticides and there's no organic fertilizers being brought from externally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then and then laid out, like, you know, laid out, which would still get me an organic certification. Then, yeah, we test for pesticides and metals and microbials and aflatoxins and all those kinds of things have such um, uh, like we're fastidious about like looking at ensuring that we dry them appropriately so no mold grows Mm. in the transportation and very particular about how we extract and so we've got one test of all those things and then another test on like at the facility then another test in China before we get them sent and then we get them tested here in Australia for the same thing so on that side of things rocking zero pesticides beautiful like you know it's like when you get to the standards of heavy metals that's like you know absolutely knocking it out of the park in australia and absolutely knocking it out of the park in the u.s it's just like you're a scientist there's the data and we got the romance yeah and yeah. it's in a way that it's not an appeal so you get to control the dose that's how i like yeah, to do yeah. it i don't want to be given a pill i'm not sick yeah mm. do it feel like a spiritual experience when you go to china yeah and how, what, what does that mean for you personally? Is it, do you actually take a significant amount of time there? Is it a slow process? What does that actually look like? Yeah, so I'm partnered, I'm partnered with someone to go and source the herbs from independent farmers and mm-hmm. ensure that there's um, basically um, where the current farming practices or wild crafting, um, wild harvesting practices are at, that we get it as close to the wild thing as possible with mm-hmm. the least amount of human intervention as possible. That's the DDAO sourcing practice. Um, when I got like last year, in October, I was there for two weeks, driving all over the place, mm-hmm. visiting different independent farmers. And um, for me, it is a slow process. Um, I've got a partner there that um, that I've you know been able to create a very tight bond with. That is knows just how fastidious I am, and is almost more fastidious than me. And okay, is like you know someone that was able in the beginning to really educate me and going, that's a good question. A better question is this one. And I'm like, holy shit, yeah, I'd never, yeah. I hadn't even thought about you know I'm I think about the own my own water and what I, water I extract in, but I hadn't thought about it on a commercial level. Yeah, yeah. And so those kinds of things emerge. And so um, in that sense. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm really, I can sit really happy in the herbs that, you know, Trish 
and the students and, you know, my own, like my own family, you know, these are the herbs I'd want to be taking. And mm-hmm. that's what I share with the community. And mm-hmm. obviously there's a certain cap to the supplying and sustainability in that kind of farming. And I've got to, I'm just going to have to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. That's in our game plan as a business mm-hmm. in terms of going and visiting these places. Absolutely. There's something very primordial about the place. There's something very integrating and humbling for me. And especially going to places like, um, um, Wudang Mountain in central China, which is one of the birthplaces of Taoist philosophy. I'm going there and I'm in this temple and I'm like, this temple isn't really exciting me too much, you know? Mm. I'm like, and I'm sitting there going, go to the museum later and you can see the effort that at one point Taoism became trendy in mm. ancient China and the emperor is going, let's mobilize 300,000 people to go and build these temples in the wilderness. Interesting. I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, it's be- they were beautiful and it's mm-hmm. a place of like, you know, deep inner inquiry and you've got to respect that and you can feel the prayer that's gone in there, you mm-hmm. know, which is like, and, it's, and it hums. But before that, it was simply just humans that had gone into nature to the places where there was mm-hmm. spring water, where there was tea growing and where there was wild herbs growing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they just go, as we are all trying to do now in a, maybe a div- little bit of a different environment, just inquiring, just trying to like learn what are we about? What's this mm. about for me? What are my values? And what do I want to accumulate and cultivate within myself that I think would be useful for this lifetime? It's not this institutionalized ism. Mm. It's just humans doing their yeah. thing and we're using some tools mm. that are useful in that inquiry. And that was the biggest thing I got out of my last trip. Mm. It completely took this whole, I use the term Taoist tonic herbalism because it's useful because mm. it is a system, but then I want to burst the bubble of that system and make sure it's very accessible. Mm-hmm. Business wise, what's been the biggest learning through having a business and doing something is like, is it a perishable item? Does it, does it go bad quickly? Oh man, I was like so smart choosing this business. Like, (laughs) 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 um, it's got like a two year. Yeah. Great. Two year shelf life. Um, biggest problem we come in cause we don't add fillers. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't add any stuff. What would be a filler that people use? Um, bamboo, um, really? Um, yeah. The bamboo is probably a good quality one because really? it's actually added, um, contributing some silica. Yeah. But basically what the starch would do, um, standardize it if you're doing encapsulation especially, but also would suck up a little bit of the moisture. Mm. I don't want to put in a filler. I don't <laughs> want to put in an excipient. Um, I don't want to use capsules because then I have to generally use a sliding agent to get it in through the, um, you know, through the machine and into the capsule. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that's pure medicine and it's just susceptible to humidity. And so that's just like at the moment we're just like, cool, we're going to put bigger desiccates in, mm. just go on an education campaign. Um, you know, it's like it doesn't happen too often. Go on an education campaign. Like if it's humid, you know, we basically we really want to make sure that no moisture gets in. Don't use, you know, like wet spoons and, you know, like maybe keep it in the freezer, you yeah. know, where it's a low, low moisture space if you're not using it every single day. Um, in terms of learning as a business, oh, man, I've been – Clipped on the year by this business um, so many times. I'm quite a fanatic and creative type. I can't believe I'm still doing the same thing. I <laughs> yeah, really run up yeah. with the fairies with the next idea. And the business has really taught me how to like just beautifully shoulder the weight of responsibility for the choices that I've made mm-hmm. and being the CEO. It's, it's like it's only this year that I've acknowledged myself as the CEO of a company mm-hmm. um, and really started to really responsibly take on that role within the structure of the company, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which why, is, why is it taking that long? I've, um, you know, maybe not the last last two years so much, but before that um, I just inherent was just this idea of just running away from the business yeah. for, for some reason as soon as I could. 
Um, I was, I guess, maybe scared by the consistency of what it took within a business yeah. to actually make sure that I kept it healthy. Yeah. And then as other people started coming into the business, the responsibility of, you know, knowing that this is a livelihood here within mm. this company. Um, I don't know why I was trying to run away. I Again, I was just someone, you know, it was like, you know, I used to do it when I was a kid, you know, I was just yeah, like, I, I just run away. I was just like, I'll go on another trip, you know, yeah. I'll go again I'll and I'll start something else. And that was really inherent in my 20s. And and now I've got, you know, got a two-year-old and um, and that didn't make me go, oh, I better like, you know, straighten up and do something I don't mm. like. It was just, you know, it was just my <laughs> just dojo. There's something yeah. um, empowering in responsibility. Absolutely. And, and as I get older, I lean into it more. Because mm. it's like I feel like I've fucking got my shit together. It's like taking it on. But there is also, you know, doing starting it a long time ago, but then when it starts something starts working, it's like fuck, it's, I can't believe this is actually working. And there yeah. could yeah. be some imposter syndrome happening and yeah. all these things. Yeah. And it's just a a dojo or a terrain or a biofeedback place for you to get that fit. Like, then just get like, oh, that's what's going on. Yeah. I'm going to have to work for it. It's not the business that's the problem. It's the fact that I don't want to feel this opportunity I have to grow and evolve and see mm. like, oh, I'm an imposter and imposter. Well, let's work with that for a yeah. year or a two. And that's, I've just gone through it. I've stuck my head down and my bum up. I have a really good friend, um, Sebastian, tall German guy. who's like, I've been known for a long time. He's like, he moved to Byron, um, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, a lot of Germans are tall, by the way. They are. Tall Joe, like happy Sebastian. Happy Sebastian. Yeah, happy Sebastian. Happy and we kind of had our businesses going at the same time. He had a sauna company. He has a sauna company and I had super feast him. He's, um, he's you know, a little bit older than me. So I had a little bit more maturity in the area. And I was just like, I'd be like, oh, my little bratty self years ago. I'm like, I just, I feel trapped, you know, by this business. And he goes, Mason, you are trapped. Enjoy it. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, it really, I, I told him the other day, it was really de- um, defining the, that one moment where I actually listened to that advice, yeah. Yeah. you are trapped. Yeah. Really embrace that. Well, and so you've German. chosen. Like the, if, yeah. you were, if you have hyper responsibility, you are where you are because you chose to be there. Exactly. Everything you did, every decision has led you here. It's not useful to blame the circumstances. Yeah. And mm. I was kind of leaning towards that. You know, things happen in the family and, yeah. you know, I'm just like... Yeah, it's blaming on Trish. Do. It was, yeah, you know, Trish on the Trish. North. <laughs> <laughs> Trish got me here, gave me the confidence. No, it's 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 so human. I love that Josh and I have spoken to so many people in this podcast and what I love is that is the human experience, mm. feeling like you're not worth it for a time, feeling confident about it, ebbs and flows mm. of your emotions about what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, and what I get to do is actually completely in alignment with that. I learn mm. about emotions and the five element theory and I learn about how emotions relate to the way chi Electromagnetic mm. ma- magnetic energy moves through different organ systems and how it transforms through different organ systems. And if there is a stagnation of chi or this, this forgetting of how it's called for the chi to actually move through an organ and transcend one mm. frequency or um, style of movement into another, you get that blockage, we can see a residue of, um, of emotions or negative emotions and we can just gently work with that rhythm of the chi, unblock the physical organ, work with herbs and practices that move that chi and, and give us enough space mm. so we can reflect on those emotions so that the chi can then remember how and continue to move harmoniously through the body and more and more and more hopefully our organs will um, not give rise to these, you know, you know quote-unquote negative emotions and mm. more to our virtues, right, yeah. which is very personal. can't learn that in a book but, you know, I'm, you know it's nice to be able to, cho- to choose a life where the work that I'm doing mm. is actually, you know, I can learn about it as my job. 
Mm. Did you feel like you were trying to learn everything through a book? Were you a, a student of four-hour work week or anything like that? Did you get into any of that stuff? No, I mean, I, I, I respect, you know, like it's not like it matters. Like, you know, Tim Ferriss, if you're listening, I respect <laughs> your work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it, but no, I don't work that way. Yeah. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a systemized person. I'm very, mm. um, you know, I'm very touchy-feely. Uh-huh. I need to be out there experiencing things. Yeah. I need to experience them over long term. I'm not quite, I've, I've curbed my fanaticism. I'm still an extremist in my own right, but mm. I've, I feel like I've kept that into a place where I just keep myself on the edge of chaos mm. these days. Was there a tipping point where you felt where you identified that you'd gone too far? What did that actually look like? Um, oh man, yeah, I've, I've made some, I've taken on a few projects mm. that were way too big and out of alignment for where the company um, was that um, really hurt the company. Um, I've made that classic entrepreneurial mistake of bringing someone on too early because mm. I'm trying to escape certain responsibilities and stepping out of the business only to step in to be like, my gosh, look at this shit fight, the finances <laughs> and the customer service, yeah, event, yeah. which is not anyone's responsibility but mine. Yeah. Ultimately, so I've done that um, and learned very, um, you know, some pretty heavy but beautiful lessons in that and they were definitely turning points for me. And in terms, I've had so many turning points, man, and it just mm. keeps on going on. Like, to be cliche, it's a journey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Don't stop believing. Well, at least you're doing it in Byron Bay. It yeah. helps, right? That was really useful for me, actually, because um, I was like, if I'm going to own my own business, yeah. um, I'm going to do it in Byron Bay. Um, that's sick. And that's, and that's, you know, now I've got, it's where I, I can um, really feel good about, you know, creating a little family of my own in space, you know, like, you know, close to the beach and close to the shrub and also being a place that has really good infrastructure and so I can run like a rad little business from there. Yeah, Yeah. it's so cool. Mason Taylor, mate, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for bringing bringing your mushies. No problem. If people were to do one thing that wasn't, because I feel like my first instinct is always to pull out the wallet and buy something for quick gratification (laughs) to feel like um, whether it's a gym membership or fuck it, like I'm very excited to buy mm. your products. The first step before that, what is something that we can do without pulling out the wallet to make ourselves a better version today? Mm. Such a good question. So many things flood into my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so many. In terms of, um, and well, maybe we can keep it in um, in t- this conversation yeah, yeah. of um, that we've had today um, that crosses over into herbalism. But I I really feel it's a it's a good um, exercise to sit there quietly and really feel yourself in the present moment, not opposing or um, at least feel the resentment if it's there or the um, ignoring of where you've come from and just sit with that. So hopefully you take away the charge and then really go decades as far as are useful. Maybe it's a week or maybe it's 20, 30 years into the future and feel where you want to be at that point and how you would like to really feel in that moment and what some of the um, variables would be, you know, mm. strong knees, you know, good cardiovascular yeah. health and these like, you know, be able to play with my grandkids. They're or, so simple, aren't they? So it's, simple yeah. and just sit in that and yeah. feel that and recognise that that's, this is an intention that's going to be with me for my entire life most mm. likely. This is a pretty safe place to take action from. That's great. Mm. It's a and daily talk show. I just wanted to add some, you know, listen, being honest with yourself, listening to, like I just know as I've gotten older, even recently I've just had some realisations of some things that I wasn't being honest with myself about. Mm. And it's it's truly empowering actually feeling those and going, okay, that's what it was. Even if you haven't vo- verbalised it. Like I think mm. there's stages of going, I recognise I wasn't honest there. I'm internalising it now, and then the next is verbalising it and actually leaning into that. Mm. And it's like it's a journey. It's it great. is. 
And there's just beautiful distinctions. Like the fact that we're having these ongoing conversations is yeah. magic. And I would definitely just throw your hat in the ring to keep on having an mm. ongoing conversation that you're going to be having for the rest of your yeah. life. And that's what we're doing here. Mm. There's no like, and so those are the rules. That's how you have a happy life. <laughs> <laughs> the 12 principles. But <laughs> he's got his FPOS machine with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daily Talk Show, everyone. Mason, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, thanks so dude. com. If you want to send us an email. And uh, next week, we have very and a very exciting update in regards to the journey of Mr. 97, yeah. Finding Love. Yeah. Yeah. That will be happening Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> See you, guys.